making a part Ready. time. I love Big John introducing it like Degeneration X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we have a lot to talk about. We do got a lot to talk about. Let's there talk a about. a lot going on yesterday. Yeah, 20 freaking fights <laughs> is what was going on. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, so Bellator last night. Come on. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk, Let's talk about it. First off, I was very impressed with Daniel Carey and how calm he was against mm-hmm. Gustav Bolanos. And you know, we talked before. You and I had yeah. talked about. And I said, look, Carey's got to wrestle him. If he thinks he's going to stand there and brawl with him, he's yeah. going to get into trouble. And I was right, but he did it in a really bright way, a yeah. really smart way. And that when he when he grabbed hold of that neck, he knew, I'm not letting go of this thing. Yep. You got to give it to Bolanos. He went out. But that was tight, and you could yeah. see when it tightened up. And uh, really a big win for Daniel Carey. Show on, man. You know what? He's getting better as a fighter. I was really impressed with him. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I, I expected a little bit more out of Gaston's, like, submission defense. Uh just that I'd expected more. Honestly, I yeah, did. Well, sometimes you get this. You get the idea because you've been in practice, and someone grabs your neck, and you just tuck down, and you just sit there, and you're you're safe. As you know, and as you say, fight speed is different. Fight mm-hmm. squeeze is different. Everything's different. Yeah. And you think you're safe, and you're not. And as soon as he pushed down, and then jumped, and when his I said when his legs wrapped. That's a lot of pressure, man. He's got a lot of strength now engaged with those legs to put it. You can see him looking yeah, over at his corner like, oh, yeah, I got it. Because, yeah. you know, you, you know when you've got – when you feel it, it's hard. When you're looking at it, you can think, ah, it's not too good or, yeah, it's really good. But when you feel it because you're the guy pulling on it, you know when your arm is into that neck and you know when you've got that hold. Yeah, he – the one thing that made me believe that he potentially could win this fight when we did the fighter interviews was he's, he says he's going to make an MMA fight. You know, like he, it was going to be an MMA. F- yeah, he says it's not going to be a kickboxing match. It's not going to be a kickboxing match. And that made me feel more comfortable because the stuff he said in the wrestling interview, I was like, <laughs> you're, you sound ridiculous right now. Yeah. But when he said that, that made me believe, okay, there's, there's, he's got a chance. If he tried to make it a kickboxing match, he would have got smoked, would have been done. Um, I thought he was going to wrestle a little bit more. Didn't, but I mean, no, he, he did didn't. exactly what he needed to do. But though. as soon as he did, like once the hands touched and were holding on to him, yeah, it was over. Yeah, so his wrestling was exactly what it should have been. Yeah, I just, I guess because um, I know Gaston's jujitsu coach, Darren. How do you say his last name? Iyama. Oh, Yenayama. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Yenayama. I'm gonna believe you. And, then, uh, <laughs> and I, I love, I love Darren. Actually, we, we he's know great, each other really well, and he's a phenomenal coach. I always call him Darren. Never say his That's, last name. Yeah. So, Makes you a smart man. Um, yeah, I just I expected, I think, a little bit more. I expected a little bit better defense, and I understand we did talk because we were talking about practice. You know, like we, like Alan Iverson said, we talking about practice right now. Really, we talking <laughs> about practice. Um, the bottom line is, is it is. There's a different squeeze. There's a different pace. Everything is different in a real fight. Yep. You can't mimic that in training and practice. No, it's There's hard. no way of doing that. And the other thing, too, is that you're, what you think you're used to getting out of in training, the guy that you're training against or fighting against, that may be his go-to move. Yeah. And so he has different ways of setting it up. He has different ways of knowing when it's in, and he knows when to apply the pressure. But when you're in training... You're, those guys don't always have the same move. No. You know what I mean? So, like, when Khabib was getting ready for um, Tony Ferguson, I was trying to hit Darces on him which all one, the time. Which one? Which time? Yeah, yeah exactly. All five <laughs> times, by the way. All five times. Um, 
I think it was the second time, and 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 uh, we were working a lot on that. And I was setting up the darces, and all I was doing was trying to hit it from all different ways. Different I angles. noticed that I was hitting that thing from everywhere by the end of the camp. Yeah, you're and he, good at it. Yeah. So then it got I got better at that, but then him, like his defense got better. But in the sure. beginning, my darts wasn't the same way that Tony would have done it. So no. if he thought he was going to work on it for like two or three weeks, Tony would hit that thing from his knees. It's so hard to do that. Yeah. You know that you got to turn an angle and create an angle to you know to make it tight. And I didn't have the length and the reach to do that on Khabib because it's so broad shoulder. But Tony does different different body types, yep. different styles. Different... Tony's got very long arms. Yes, Tony used to work out at my gym and like he is always crazy as far as just the, his work ethic mm -hmm. was nuts. His, the, the intensity that he trained with yeah. was nuts. You know, he just he's got one gear, man, and it's all out but i think also too when you're having fun and it's the all-out gear it doesn't hurt it, it, you're not you don't get as tired yeah it doesn't hurt him but everybody that was training yeah. with him they hated him uh, i would imagine <laughs> i would imagine but i mean i think that's also what, what got him to the level that he's at it is exactly what yeah. got him to the level he's at i think this is a good win for uh daniel carey big win good step in the right direction big win um but what also made me feel good about him when he sat down in the interviews as he said, I know you guys brought me here to lose. And I was like, and you said, I think you said it, I didn't bring you here. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't, I'm not the one that arranged this fight. Yeah. But it's true. Like he, I think he wasn't, he didn't come there to, he didn't come there to lose. He wanted to make sure that he wasn't a stepping stone for anyone. Yeah. And he came out and he fought a very smart fight. Um, he was able to get on the front headlock. It looked like he tried to snap him down, tried couldn't snap, get him down. So then, when Gaston pulled back, that helped him jump to jump to guard, jump to guard, and wrap yeah. the legs. I thought it was a great performance by him. So Gaston's got to go back to the drawing board and uh, figure it out. This is part know. of hey, this is where I would talk about with, and my whole thing with Gaston is you've got to decide. Yeah, you cannot be the three sport combat athlete yeah. you can't be a muay thai fighter and a kickboxer and an mma fighter yep. and be successful <clears throat> at the highest level and all it just doesn't work you're gonna have to pick something and commit to it yeah i mean that's uh i feel like joe Schilling, same thing yep you know and when joe finally said look i'm just gonna do that's MMA, it I'm mma then I go, oh there you go yep. now he's gonna be dangerous <clears throat> yep it's just gonna take some time because you, you don't just learn the, the jiu-jitsu game overnight no you know all right all right first round Featherweight. We had a difference in Taiwan Claxton was the guy that you had picked over Emmanuel. And I, and I was I was kind of surprised by that. Did I pick no that was that was Jay. Oh no, no. You you when we talked, uh, you said I think Taiwan's got a good shot. He does have a good shot. I didn't okay. think he had a good shot. Yeah. And I just looked at <clears throat> Emmanuel Sanchez as the guy. Look at he's so I just said it again. He's so good. Look at exactly. That's my my go to. Yeah. But he is so good everywhere yeah. and he is the complete fighter and man he brings up pressure and you could see i was very impressed with what taiwan was doing mm -hmm. at the start of the fight you know he got him down even when he got him down he tried to posture which mm -hmm. was beautiful he's <clears throat> posturing up trying to land shots that are going to damage him that's going to slow him down but you could see as that you know he gets up and the fight goes on and that pressure starts to build and you can see that now that Taiwan is not the guy in control of that pace mm -hmm. of the fight, he's got someone pushing <clears> him and making him work, it just systematically started to get to him, and it was the experience. Yep. That lack of experience at 5-0, and oh, not that you know he's not an incredible athlete, great, you know, super fast, but just 
the entire atmosphere, that size of fight against a guy with that kind of experience, it just all eventually became a tidal wave that drowned him. Yeah, the even though Emmanuel Sanchez isn't throwing anything, he's just walking you down. Yeah. And when that pressure happens with an inexperienced fighter, it's only 5-0. I'm not saying he's not good. He's not maybe potentially oh, he's out the future. Standard. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's going to learn a big lesson from this. Yep. In, in the fact that, do you remember when we talked about Matt Mitrion or we met with Matt for his last fight against uh, Karatanov? He had talked about what he did wrong against Big Country. Yeah. He's punched and he ran. He punched and he ran. He made himself tired. And then, uh, you know, like getting taken get, down yeah, and almost getting taken down and almost, you know, almost losing that fight. So when that happened, that's exactly I felt like what Taiwan was doing towards the end of the first round and into the second round. He started sticking and moving, sticking and moving, but he was like sticking and running, sticking and running. That makes you more tired. Yep. You have to learn how to fight in the pocket, but use your be a defensive fighter as well, cut angles so you're not getting struck. I don't. I don't. I'll, I'll use GSP and Carlos Conda instead instead of using me because I took it the game plan from them. Is with Nate. Nate did that, and Nick and Nick did the same thing with uh, GSP and them. Like they they learned boom boom, cut the angle, and then go to the other side of the cage. Make that person come to you. And Claxton didn't do that. No. Claxton punched, went two feet to the right, and then Sanchez just shifted his just feet. Burnt. And boom, cut him off. Yeah. And when you cut him off, it's like, oh, I got to fight again already. Exactly. Instead of punching and stepping in, so you're covering the distance and making him reset and yes. move off. Yep. If he could have cut the corner, went to the other side of the cage, made him come, that would have given you a second to get your breath, yeah. and it would also given you a second to kind of reset. And then he would have had to slowly, gradually walk into your into your uh, box. Yeah. And that's he, what a lot of people that they're not used to fighting in that type of situation is. Fighting is done in little increments of, I give some energy, I relax. I mm -hmm. give some energy, I relax. And you could see it. The, there was a certain point in the fight, Taiwan couldn't relax. No. And it was just a steady press on that accelerator that was just starting to diminish that tank. Yeah, because every time he wasn't throwing punches, he was running. And when he wasn't running, he was throwing punches. Yeah. You've got to have a second where you can go, <sighs> you got to be able to sit, take a deep breath real quick. Okay, let's fight. And he never had that moment when he when Sanchez was pushing the pace. He was still trying to move around. He never sat there for a second and went, okay, he's coming to me. Get yeah. my breath. Take my time. Set up my strikes. Like, it, when Sanchez walks forward, when I see someone settle in, it's like, okay, I got to approach with caution. If I see you still moving, I don't need to approach with too much caution. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're, I know you're not set, so there's not as much power on the things that you do when you're not set. Yeah. You're still moving and punching or kicking at the same time you're moving. It takes away that power. It does. So I thought, uh, I was, the reason I think when you and I were talking about this fight, I said I could see an upset because it was only a three-round fight. Yeah. I think Sanchez said it best in the fighter interviews. In a five-round fight, all these guys better be afraid. Because if he, he fights at that pace for five rounds, which we saw with Patricio... It's nasty. Yeah. It's nasty. So if you are not relaxed, this is he's the guy. If I was him, I'd be selecting all the young bucks. Oh, see it. All right, let's go. Let's go to this because our next fight was Pedro Carvalho versus Sam Cecilia, and and Pedro did exactly what you and I both thought he would do. Mm -hmm. Is you know he'll take some shots and he's just going to systematically start breaking Sam down. Yeah. Gets the submission. You know, gets a, a, a beautiful face crank on him. He was trying to set up this neck crank here, and he almost had it at a certain mm -hmm. point. But I want to see. I, and I know we don't have a bracket there, yep. and we know we got that thing. But there's two guys I want to see. Emmanuel Sanchez against 
Pedro Carvalho. In a five-round fight. Oh, is that going to be a fight? Yep. Because Sam Cecilia was dominating the fight for the first round. Then you could tell he Come started getting tired. He just he was just muscling him around, throwing Pedro Cavallo and down, throwing hard, throwing, hard yeah, shots. Yeah, just I wouldn't say wasting energy because it was effective. Yeah, you know. But then you can't do that for the full three rounds. It's hard to keep that pace. You needed to control the position. And he never was able to do that. And you could credit Pedro Cavallo for for never settling on bottom, always trying to work stuff. There was moments where he was in trouble. Yeah. It looked like you know he had his Cecilia had his back. Had moments where he was on top, almost like in full mount. So, and, and at that point, when when, when <clears throat> Sam had his back, mm-hmm. it was look at the calmness. Look at um, I'm yeah. okay. I know where I'm at. I'm gonna hold my arm here. I'm gonna put wrist I, control. You look so exactly. Ah, it's okay. And that's what's showing for a guy that's 24 years old. He looks older. Yeah. Let's just be honest, man. Okay, yeah. Pedro, you're going to lose your hair, dude. Just get rid of it now. Yeah. It's you, okay. Keep you've the lost beard. the battle. You've yeah, lost keep the, the beard. The solar panel has already began. Yeah. But, man, he can fight. And for a young guy, yeah, he is skilled. He has got some talent. Yeah, he looks younger there. Yeah, there he does. Yeah. Yeah. He must have been that's like because, 14. That's because exactly. He's 15 years of age right yeah. there. <laughs> but I I'm, I was thinking about matchups and either Manuel Sanchez against Pedro or Adam Borch and, Pe- and Emmanuel. Interesting. Either one. I look and go, man, that's a fight. That is one. Yeah. That's going to prove exactly Who's the guy? Because Borch does a really good job of controlling the pace. Mm-hmm. I think Pedro is actually the guy that has a more well-rounded game. Mm-hmm. He may not be as athletic as mm-hmm. Borch, but he's got an incredibly well-rounded game. His stand-up is solid. His wrestling is good. His submission game we know is outstanding. He kicks well. He yeah. kicks at the right time. He hides his kicks behind his hands. He goes to the body well. He does all those things, but then Sanchez is just a monster in my opinion see for me i feel like sanchez's pace and the same thing with pedro cavallo that his pace also from what i've seen so far of him is i think both those guys if darian caldwell gets past the first round i'd be selecting him for someone who doesn't seem to have a gas tank past the third round i would push on someone that potentially oh you're saying yeah you were the guy making that pick yep you're gonna look at Darren Collins. I'm gonna look at Darren Collins. I can I can get tired. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like point. those are the things. That, and even though he's coming up in weight, I don't think it's gonna be that much of a factor because that pace, Darren. We've seen. I've, we've said this before. Guys that are explosive like Darren Caldwell, and he's had these issues since he wrestled in college. Yep. Okay. Is that he is. Somebody he's a that fast just fast twitch, fast muscle, twitch. fiber athlete. Exactly. You just, can't be a sprinter and a marathon runner. Nope. You're gonna be one or the other. Yep. And you've got to live with that, but you got to figure out if you're going to be that sprinter because you have that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just body chemistry. You have always got to be in control of the pace. Yeah. And to touch back on Claxton, the, Darren Culver reminds me a lot of Claxton. He's constantly moving, throwing one, two big strikes, but Claxton is younger, five and oh. Darian doesn't have excuses anymore. He's the former champion. You know, like he's coming up in weight. That was his excuse. He was cutting too much weight. Sure, he's big for the weight. Yeah. But there's no excuse anymore. You're no. now going up in your weight not class. Not at 145. Yeah, not at 145. So you shouldn't be gassing out. I still think he's going to because of his fast twitch muscle fiber. I think that his explosiveness, you know, his inexperience to, he reminds me a lot of Mike Van Arsdale. 
somebody who is very talented can wrestle like the dickens okay but then when it comes down to it just always gets tired because he's so fast twitch so explosive doesn't know how to settle in positions sometimes he just holds you there using all of his strength or he moves around so much which creates space for you or for you to get up and and you gotta he's gotta work hard again comparison with that orange though yeah man he was a hell of a wrestler god he was phenomenal i trained with him for years because all of his mma fights were at ak so he was at our gym the whole time man he um man the fucking best storyteller i've ever been around was mike van (laughs) arsdale yes the best unbelievable um so if I if if I was looking on the other side of the brackets, which they're not really brackets, but the other side of the guys that are fighting, and I'd be trying to plot because I had talked to Compost last night, and he was like, "You know, who should I take next?" And I said, "Oh, well, he I, asked I, you." Yeah, I said, All "I can't right. tell you that," but I said, "You know, this was this the you took you had the right fight for you to get back on track, and he had the right fight because you're beatable." I said, I want to let you know that. Like, he was 100. They look based off of your fight with Carvalho and your other two fights before that where you were in a slump. And they thought, look, this is a good opportunity for Strauss to, to continue his story. And it's a good opportunity for you to get back get, on track against two the guy former that's got champion. a name. And there's, yep. yeah. I said, so I, I can't tell you who to take next, you know, um, so we because you got to see who the next bracket is, who, who ends up being in that other group of, of guys. So, but, um, but yeah, he did ask. You know, and I, I just, I just told his co- him and his coaches, I'm like, I'm, I'm not putting my, my uh, name in that hat, buddy. But I, I, I wish the best and for it, you. And when you, and you look and you go, and you could give him the advice, you could give him, you know, what you believe, yeah. and it could be he doesn't even get that choice based upon where yeah, he gets that true. pick. So, but that, I, that's I, the thing that's so cool. I got a little concerned because I gave him the advice about quitting his job bef- after his last fight, and he did that. Yeah, so that I got was, a little you know concerned. That was the right advice, man. He, like, and, and I, I said it before. I don't care. I don't care what sport it is. If you're gonna if you're gonna fight or you're gonna play any sport at the highest level, you have got to be a hundred percent in. You mm-hmm. cannot be fifty percent. Yeah. You can't be seventy. You got to be a hundred percent. And if you're not, then you're not putting yourself in the best position to be successful. Well, this sport more than anything, because like we've we talked about. I talked about this last night on the show. Is we're in the hurt business. Yep. We're not. This is not. You don't play a puck fighting, around. Man. Yeah, you're not slapping a puck around or catching a football. Okay, you're fucking hurting people, and when that happens, that becomes an or issue. Or they're trying to hurt you. Yeah, they're trying to hurt you, and then that's the main thing. Is like you got to be either all the way in or all the way out. Okay, this is not something like, you, like I said. You have the rest of your life to go pull still, is what I told him. You know, do whatever you have the rest of your life to go do that job. Okay, this period and this window for you to be a professional athlete and be one of the best is so short. You don't understand. I, I was blessed enough to do it for 20 some, 21 years. and But that was because I spent so much time in the gym just trying to define, like recreate myself every time. When the, when things grew, right? Because I, I went through the phases where, remember when the, everyone was just taking them down against the fence? Oh, yeah. And now it's like you take guys down against the fence, they're just right back, back up. up. It's like, okay, now I got to take them out in the, in the middle. Okay, like people stop wrestling in the open mat had to make that adjustment okay uh, ankle locks used to be popular when i first started now they're like i mean they weren't they went away now yeah, they're coming back. back the game is it evolves well, and if you don't keep up with it if you don't keep up with it you'll be left in the dust well and it's the whole point of it, when you look at it it's when you have that was not what i was saying <laughs> look at when you, i said look at it uh-huh. thank you very much when you when you do look at it though if your opponent in fighting is training more than you, 
is putting in more time, is putting in that extra bit for their cardio, is putting in just a little bit more into technique. These are all little steps mm-hmm. above mm-hmm. that you've got to now overcome. Yeah. If you're being outworked before the fight, there's a good chance you're going to be worked on during it. Yeah, I have no doubts about that. I think that's what makes uh, certain guys so good. Um, you know, it's what makes just, Tony Ferguson. <clears throat> yeah, just talking about him. That's what makes Tony yep. Ferguson so dangerous. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, like I feel the same. Like Patricio, same thing. Same like, thing. For me, I feel like it's Patricio. Uh, he could tell he's just someone that's just in the gym he all works, the time, and he works at getting yep. better. And I, I think I feel the same way about Benson Henderson. You know, Benson's one of those guys. He's just constantly. If he's not in the gym training for himself, he's in there helping his guys. Yeah. You know, and that that's that's just true leadership. And I think um, I've always I've always been intrigued with him and and the respect that his guys have for him at his gym yeah. and the way they talk about him. And uh, like Henry Cross is like, dude, he's just an all around great guy. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that says a lot. When you have guys that you know are always working hard in the gym, you know, when you go to fight them, it's gonna they're gonna be a problem. You know, because they they don't like with me with Ben when I fought him, he never got tired. I was like, you little shit. Like, I was usually the guy, like, pushing the pace on guys. And I could tell he he wasn't getting tired. He just he just fights a really conservative style of fighting. Yeah, especially in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Slow starter. Starts off slow. Yep. Let's it build. Doesn't He never overextends in the fight. You know, and that's part of, you know, that's what Miles Jury coming up. Look at it. You've got to understand the style that Benson Henderson brings. And, and, and Miles, What was that again? Look it. Oh, go ahead. Is that what uh, I said? Yes. <laughs> It's a matter of Benson is the he's the guy that built Adam Piccolotti kind of got that and I was very impressed with Adam in his win mm-hmm. last night but Adam Piccolotti got into Benson and was doing great work and then realized oh, this guy's just he's continuing yeah. to build as it got into the second round it was like oh man yeah. I've got to regroup here into that third so Benson Henderson up here incredibly smart Oh, down here, phenomenal athlete. Yes, and you know, dude, he's got heavy leg kicks. He's got heavy leg kicks. But what I what really impressed me, honestly, there was a couple moments in there where I had like caught his leg, and I went to lift and elevate. He's extremely flexible. Yeah, he's uh, hopping around, got great balance. Yep. Got Flintstone feet, so he's got. He's <laughs> it able, does he's, have Flintstone. He's able to like kind of. He has a good base. He's not. Yeah. You're not just tripping him. He's tripping over his ankle or his yeah. toes. No, he's he's got a good he's balance. And he's package, flexible. Man. He's a full package. Yeah. He truly is, and uh, I I enjoy watching him and seeing all those things everything he does and growing so yeah. i've only seen one guy overrun benson you know and that was when he fought Korshkov, and i thought the size difference just cost him a, a huge discrepancy in that fight but that's because he was having so much success against the ufc guys at 170 so he believed in himself that he could be able to get it done uh, when he came over to bellator and he was like hey give me a huge mistake oh yeah and he, he I, i've talked to him about that fight he goes man he goes, that, that guy was just a beast. And, you know, I, I give it to Benson for going five rounds in it because he was yeah. taking some shots. You know, when you're in there, as a referee, most of the time it's like, eh, eh, eh. and every now and then a guy will get hit and you go, oh, yeah. you can feel it, how hard it hits him. And you, you hear it, you hear the sound coming out of the fighter, and you go, God yeah. dang it, that had to hurt, man. That was bad. Man, Benson had some big shots in that, but. Borch against Curran. Yep. You got to be impressed with Adam Borch, man. I am impressed with him. But don't do it. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed with him. But remember when we talked the other day? I think we you were we I think we didn't talk about it on the show. But we talked about it during the week, the fight week. 
the first round was what I was afraid of. For not just for this. You fight. called the first round. Yeah, but not just for all. Like I was talking about for a lot of these guys. There's so much on the line, and yeah. I was afraid we were going to get more of like first rounds like that. Yeah, and I'm glad we didn't. No, we didn't. We had but some great fights. There's just so much involved and so much at stake for these guys. This opportunity for them to really just put money away and send their kids to school. Yeah, and so that to me was a first round. I was like, gosh. You got to pull the trigger. Yeah. Like you don't want to be. I know in a five round fight it's different. We're not really pushing the the, the action because yeah. five rounds. You got a long ways to go. A long ways. You know. So time. I get that. Um, but this is one of those things. Like I would have liked to have seen him use his youth a little bit more in that first round. See, you know, I give him credit in the fact he looked at it. He's facing a very very experienced cagey veteran, a guy mm. that's dangerous, a guy that's hard to hurt, and. I really appreciated that he was taking his time. He was picking his shots, especially the low calf kick. Yeah. And I talked about it during the fight. Hey, that that kick's starting to have an effect. You can see. Look at look at the damage on his leg. Look at the way he's taking steps. Yeah. And it was that low calf kick that started the downfall of Pat Curran in this fight. You know, the knee connected, but it was more of a weight and pushover. Yeah. And, but when his opportunity came. Look at him open up. Look at yeah. him go after it. He's not just sitting there saying, "Oh, I'll, I'll I'll just try to you know close this round out and win." I'm going after you to finish you. And man. yeah, I, I think we need to we need to make sure everyone understands. I mean, Pat Curran broke his leg. Yeah, so that's a big reason. How why. did he break his leg? Well, was obviously from the kicks. Boom. But, but I'm saying though, so is who that, broke his leg? <clears throat> Borch broke the, his leg. That fucking ref, man. I tell you, sometimes <laughs> he just gets in the way. <laughs> No, um, yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought great leg kicks. I've also said this numerous times, is that the the calf kick is changing the game. Oh. Guys that can do it fast and the, 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 the jeopardy of your foot being caught is less likely because you're kicking so low. So low. And it's going to be so fast. It's, it's, it's meant to be a fast kick that just a, a, does a ton of damage really fast without really a whole lot of risk of getting taken Not down. That, well, that's the best part. It is the risk factor in yeah. throwing that calf kick that makes it so appealing because the worst thing that can happen for you is you hit the wrong spot and you kind of damage your lower leg mm -hmm. while you're damaging your opponents also. No, I agree. But that's where you're, that's where your risk. But if you hit it to the outside, normally where it should, you're damaging him and not damaging yourself. And it's effective. It makes it difficult to feel your leg. If you're the guy getting hit, because it starts to be where you can't feel when your foot's touching. Yeah. Because when, when guys or girls try to catch that low-level calf kick, what that does, that opens up the head kick next. So if I, what I used to do it is I would wait for them to start trying to reach down and try and stop it, but the majority of the time they wouldn't. But if they did, then I would eventually try to come up top to the head kick, yeah. you know, at least to the body or the head because they dip down to try to catch that leg. But, yeah, it, it just changes the game. I mean, I don't know if you recall – but uh, a friend of mine, Justin Wilcox, had oh, yeah. fought in Bellator and he oh, got hit. Yeah, I can't remember Stephanie. the guy's name. I can. That he. A sniper. Oh, man. I don't even know how Justin. Justin couldn't. I swear he came four months later, still could not be kicked or couldn't be like no pressure on his it leg when we were grappling. Yeah. He wore a pad over it for four or five months after that. He couldn't still use that leg. Yeah, the sniper Stepanian, he just lit his leg up. Yeah. So that's one? Yeah. That's it. Uh, just, he reminds me of uh, what's his name, uh, Artem Lobov. Stepanian. Yeah, yeah like well, just he, the look of him. That's yeah, all. I don't I, know. You know, the way they so fight. much faster than Lobov. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe doesn't have quite the power in his hands, but his kicks are so good, and he's so good. His spinning, he reminds me of a smaller version of Korshkov. Ah. He is very fast. He's got very technical stand-up, and, man, he just moves really well. He just doesn't have the grappling of a Korshkov. Yeah, we saw that here. I mean, like, he was able to try to, like, basically drop Justin a couple times with the leg kicks, and then Justin was able to finally get on his neck. Justin's a gorilla. Yeah. That's why we call him the Silverback. That dude was yeah. just just nasty. Built. You know, that's what, we, that's what we're see where I come from. He's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, <laughs> true. Just true. Crazy. Like I, I, I didn't. I never understood why he, he just. He was one of those guys that had all the potential of to do so much. Yeah. I trained with him because he was an AK. Yeah, I remember. And I just, I, I, I didn't get it. I, I like when the lights came on. Sometimes he showed it. Yeah, exactly. I know. It was it was all mental. Yeah. Because there was no doubt he had the ability. There was no doubt. Physical was and he definitely ha- there. And not only that, but he also had the conditioning. And I, I felt like guys that have that conditioning, you should have the confidence to just push. Like Emmanuel Sanchez, just get after it. Get after it. And as I got later in, you know, long in the tooth in my career, I, I started, I kind of got away from that. I used to be the guy just trying to always walk you down, walk you down, just, you know, try to not get touched as I was putting the pressure. Yeah. But as I, as I got later into my career, I started um, not being as active because Bob's like, look, every time you do something, you're dominating the fight. Just do more. You're not doing enough. You know, and like that when I was younger, I didn't have that problem. It was like I was doing too much yeah, carelessly. See, that when you get older, you want to be comfortable. Joe. Yeah. Come a little bit closer. There. Oh, I got it. You know, so yeah, that was the uh, yeah that was the issue. So I mean, like with him, he, he I always knew he was in the best shape, Justin Wilcox. I always knew he had good wrestling. He just never really wanted. He never really put it all together and had the confidence I'm, to do it. But see, and this is what you'll get a lot of guys that we talk about all the time. <laughs> what happens in the gym stays in the gym. Yeah, and there's reasons for it. Okay, yeah. there's a lot of reasons for it. One of the things is, how many guys have you known, and I've known quite a few, that in the gym, they can absolutely beat any world champion there is, or they can make their life miserable. But put them under the lights. When it counts with the pressure, they cannot perform at that same level. And that is a mentality, Mm. you know? And it's something that is, it's, it's harvested, and it's learned, and it's nurtured, by everyone to a certain point. Some guys automatically have it. Yeah. And some guys don't. Let's talk about Vitor Belford. Oh. Remember? In the gym, everyone's talking, he's the oh. greatest thing to slice bread. Yep. Then you put the bright lights on and just couldn't get it done all like in the big, big fights. Sure, he won some highlight reel stuff. Up here, didn't believe in it, himself. When he got there, I have another a friend of mine I train with is Thomas Dion. Yeah. Phenomenal kickboxer, good take some of the best takedown defense I've ever seen. Turn get him in the MMA fight. Couldn't couldn't stop a takedown. Yeah, guy would just couldn't push the put pace. him right down on the yeah. Back. And yeah. guys would guys would not just take him down. Guys were like landing clean kickbox stuff. He would stand. He would take. He's taking DC down. He's taking Luke Rockhold down. Just just I mean sparring with him. I yeah. fucking hated it. He would dismantle me. But when the lights came on, you're like, fuck. What is going on? Why are you losing to these guys? Yeah. And it's just <clears throat> all the ability, all the talent. And you don't know what it is. Pressure. It's, you know, yeah. Look at pressure. Pressure does the two things. It creates diamonds mm-hmm. and it crushes rocks. Yeah. You know, and it's just the way it is. And it's, that's why you, it's everything. You know, it's that mentality that is the most important thing. I tell guys all the time, 
the physical is super important, but the mental is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I mean that because the mental is your confidence is controlled by your mental. Absolutely. So if your confidence isn't there, then the this game is not for you. That's it. So. So I mean Adam Borks, and then of course we'll talk uh, Compost and uh, Strauss. Compost, man, you know, like came out and did exactly what he was <clears throat> supposed to do. Yeah. Go after him, you know. Be in the stand-up, throw hard, wrestle hard, put him on his back. We said, if Daniel Strauss is on his back, he's going to have problems. He doesn't fight well off of his back. He ends up making big mistakes trying to get off of his back. Campos took the, you know, I was scoring the fight, and then you could tell by the judges' scores, two judges gave him two rounds of 10-8 in this fight. That's how much he dominated the fight. And then at the end, I, I, I was like, and I asked him during the questions, 30 seconds left, you have won this fight. It is over. And he yeah. gets up a la like a Max Holloway and says, come on, come down. And I go, mm. what are you thinking? Yeah. You know, I love it. And I go, and you're freaking crazy. Yeah. You know, all it takes is one. And Daniel has that power. He, he can land that one, and it's yeah. all over. I, I'm not trying to take anything away from <clears throat> from uh, Campos on how he fought. I thought he did a great job. It was good for him to get back on the winning track. It just Daniel didn't look himself. He's not. He. I let's know. Just, we know he's let's not. Just we be know. honest. But he just from the very, very well from the very first kick when he fell. I think you know when when we say we know he's not. We were talking and we thought we're not sure that he's there. Yeah. And then when we watched him, we knew we were right. He wasn't there. Well, I felt like he was good for about ten seconds, and then he threw that kick and fell. Like he just and the rest of the fight was done after that. I could tell you that in his corner. When he threw the kick and then came back to his corner, he says the mat's slippery. Oh, and I can tell you, no, it wasn't. Yeah, I was in. I was on that mat. You know, they do put a adhesive down on that mat, uh-huh. and I moved all around with bare feet. It wasn't slippery. Interesting. It's just yeah. you're not you're not feeling it. You're not yeah. you know, getting that 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 little tactile feel of that mat, and huh. you know, that can happen to guys. You know, it's a it, it Daniel's got. You know, some re- more rehab to do, yeah. get himself back. I think he's trying to fight now to, uh, you know, he's got, you know, obviously a life to live and bills to pay like all of us. And, yeah. you know, he's trying to push it. But you could tell he was getting, I, look, I got neck problems. Yeah. And I got serious neck problems. Well, you've got problems. but Yeah, I got, well, that's mental problems. That's <laughs> different. Mental problems and neck problems are totally, completely different. I've got one, too. He's from but, Scotland. I got one of those, too. <laughs> Dave. You're not a problem, baby. Just tell him, Mutta. It's a matter of, at any moment, just right now, my left arm just cramped. Yeah. Okay? And that's from my neck. And then I'll get this firing of a stinger going down my arm. And you could see it happen to Daniel Strauss during the fight. And this is what happens when you have neck injuries. And they can pop up at any time. Yeah, I went through a... Uh, part of my career, I would say it was right around the Bobby Green fight. Um, I had no feeling in my right arm. So I actually had to go get like a, what, almost like a epidural, whatever it is, like where they shoot it into the nerve. Yep. And it numbed it. It was a quarter, it wasn't called cortisone, it was something else that they had, but they shot right into the nerve, <clears throat> which brought the swelling down on the nerve. So then my arm came back. But it was, I can understand why when <clears throat> when I was there for that, for that procedure, 
the very first question they ask you on the waiver is, are you feeling suicidal? Oh, yeah. Because there are moments there. I've had exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I know exactly there what There was moments like. in my life during that time when that when my arm was that way, and it was that way for probably about five or six months. Every day, it felt just tingling and just no finger, no no sensation oh, yeah. in my hands well, and my, my fingers. Thumb, both of my thumbs. And dead. I, it was just misery, and you, all of a sudden, you're just like, this is not how I live my life. I can't, yeah. I, I'm only, you know, at the time, I, I want to say I was like 36 or 37. I'm like... There's no way I'm living another 30 years with this in my fucking, oh, my, yeah. you know, it was horrible. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I would have had surgery had that not worked. Yeah, it was miserable. Oh. It sucked. So when I see him going through, like yesterday at, at the end of the fight when his arm dropped and he like started doing that, and I'm thinking to myself, you need to figure it out before yeah. you get back in the cage. Yep. <clears throat> you know, and uh, yeah, he just needs to figure it out. The good thing is, I, I believe a lot of these guys got a little bit more fight money than their normal fight purses to enter into the tournament, which was great. Yep. So hopefully he has a little bit of a cushion now after that long layoff for him to you know try and get more rehab, try to get a little bit stronger. He talked he's moving back to Florida. Yeah. He's leaving, doesn't like Vegas. No one does. And, and he, <laughs> he went to Vegas actually to uh, work with Dr. William Smith, who's the guy who did my neck, mm -hmm. did Tito Ortiz's neck. And I understand why he would go there for him, uh, but you know you got to be comfortable where you're at. Yeah, you got to be happy in your life. Hopefully, you know he's going to go back to Florida, get himself straight, you know, be able to start working on getting all these problems. And and, and those problems might not ever go away. I can, you know, I know mine haven't. You know, I've I've had three surgeries and still got yeah. problems, and and I'll have them. But it's exactly like you're saying it can get so bad. Mine was so bad at a certain point, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I mean, I didn't sleep. You know, you could ask my wife, I would I would get an hour of sleep. I, I, that was it. Yeah, I don't I, doubt it. I, I, could, don't doubt it. I could get to a certain position and I would be in that position for 20 seconds, all of a sudden fire. And I, I, yeah. That's what happens when you got neck injuries. No, I have. For, for mine, it was, I could only sleep on one side, but then, you know, your body gets numb on that side and you got to move. And when you move, it's like, okay, I can't get comfortable again. You know, and then, like, okay, then you want to go back to that same side because that's where you got your best yep. sleep for, you know, an hour or two. <laughs> but then your ass and your hip and your arm is numb and you're just like, this is bullshit. Yeah. yeah I, and then I can see why people, like, that question, when that, when that struck me, yeah. the very first question was, are you feeling suicidal? You know, and I was like, wow, have you been noticing anger or depression or any of this? I was like, this, this is serious. Yeah. This is not, I never thought about it that way until I saw, until I signed that, that paperwork. I was like, wow, Th there's a lot going on when, when those are the top questions when you've got neck problems, yeah. you know? Um, but we'll see. I, I think, uh, Coppola's got a, he's got his work cut out for him though. This tournament is filled with killers and he, he's the one I think out of all of them though, is that. <clears throat> If he doesn't fight a smart fight, he's not going to get very far. He has the potential to get far, but he has got to be, I think a lot of the guys given his skid on his three-fight losing streak and then now getting a big win, but we saw Daniel Strauss wasn't the same guy. A lot of these guys might be starting to kind of like look to aim and see who they're oh. going to take next. Look, if, Let's be <clears throat> honest. If you're Derek Campos, mm -hmm. most of these guys in turn are looking and going, that's the fight I want. He's more one-dimensional mm -hmm. through a lot of his fights than other guys. Yeah. He showed some dimensions with his fight with Strauss, but again, I think Strauss is a diminished fighter right now as far as his abilities. And, you know, that's part of the gamesmanship that we're going to see in Los Angeles when these guys start to put their names on mm -hmm. that board. It's a matter of when do you want to fight? How do you feel coming off of if you're one yeah. of the four winners here? 
you know what it, you know, am I injured in any fashion? Well, if I'm injured, I might want to, if I get one of those other things, I might want to put my name in a bracket that's down mm -hmm. a ways away so I can get through my injury because I got to fight. That's just yeah. the way it is. Or I'm pulling out of this tournament, which means I'm not going to get, you know, the ability to get the championship or that million dollars. Or is it that I want to fight early so I can get more rest for the next round? There's mm -hmm. so many things that guys are going to have to actually think about. And then on top of that, Who's in that bracket? Do I want to face that guy or would I rather have this guy and have these two guys cancel one or the other out and I'll take I'll take the winner of that if I can, depending upon where that bracket is. And yeah. There's a lot to it. There is a lot to it because like we were talking about with Sanchez. Sanchez, I feel like, needs to fight one of the young young guys and do exactly what he did to Claxton, push the pace, make them break in a five round fight. And I think he's gonna have a ton of success. And like he said in the fighter meetings, he's like, he's like, these guys don't want me to get to the five round fights. Wow. He's like, because I'm the guy that everyone should be afraid of. And I said that it's funny. Remember when he sat down? He's like, I have a bone to pick with you. And I was <laughs> I like, did. I was like, wait a second. I think you misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. I said it, it really is his tournament to lose. I could see him and Patricio being in the finals again. Yeah. Well, he took he took you know you said you said that yeah. line. It's it's you know Emmanuel Sanchez's tournament to lose, and he took it like you meant that. Oh, he's gonna lose. Yeah, no. you know, and it was like, no, he's saying that only you you're can lose in it. control of your destiny in yeah. this tournament. You know, you're the one. You either perform and win, or you're gonna not perform and lose, based upon not being that guy that mm -hmm. night that you can be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, so I guess we can just jump right into the controversy of controversy Bader and Congo. Oh man, yeah. Let's talk about that one, because... Was it in the nose or was it in the eye? <laughs> you know, someone... I, someone said it was in the nose. During, I didn't well, see it. During the, Some of it went you know, During the again. commentary, I said, man, I don't see it. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the eye. And I asked referee Mike Beltran. I said, hey. You know, and he goes, no, John, I saw it go in his eye. I said, okay. And so that's what I'm buying. But I never saw it. And I was like, what? I, don't, I don't get it. But Congo is saying it went in his eye. Bader... This is what I got out of the fight. As flat out as it can be, Bader is at a different level than Chet Congo. Let's just be honest. Yeah. He's too fast for him. Mm -hmm. He hits hard. He's just as strong as him. And he can bring a pace and put Congo in places that he is not comfortable. Yeah. And not saying that Congo, you know, didn't get poked in the eye. Maybe he did. That's why the fight ended. But when you uh there, again, it comes down to that mindset, Josh, and that mindset is, am I a fighter? If I want to fight, then I take the five minutes you know, yeah. that I can get in saying, you know, let me try to clear my eye. Let me try to clear my eye, okay? Instead, right away, I can't see. That's telling me I'm not really happy with where I'm at. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to I, I want to like try to side with him but I can't <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to play devil's advocate here the bottom line is is you've been fighting long enough to know the last things you say to the doctor absolutely. when he comes in is I can't see absolutely just say like hey it's clearing up hey, give it's me a, little, a second yeah, yeah it's I'm, a little blurry I'm, I'm, like but let it's me a little blurry me, yeah that's all you got to say it's clearing up I, I you know I'm, I'm able to see just give me a second nope. I, I, that's and they're gonna give it to you yeah the if you first the words out of your mouth are I can't see, you just ask to get out of the yeah, fight. Yeah, you just you're basically saying like you don't want to fight. Exactly. So, and it wasn't as if like he's had four or five fights. Okay, he's fought a lot of the best guys. He's been in there. He knows. He knew exactly what he was doing. He's a forty-some fight veteran. Yeah. 
And then look at all the fights on top of it that were in MMA. Yeah. You know, it's I, just, yeah. And sometimes, you know, this right here, and this is what I talked about with Peter. Look at the leg underneath Congo's leg, lacing it, keeping it up off of the ground so he cannot get up. And people think, oh, just pull your leg out. You can't do that. It just doesn't work that way. Can you zoom, zoom in on that? Uh, I don't think I can. There you go. It's up his nose. It's right up yeah, his nose. Yeah, yeah, but keep going. Is I think there's a little bit more. Uh, oh, maybe go back. Uh, you got to go back because you can tell by his reaction, he's saying it already happened. So now it's gonna be way past that. It's right, right here-ish. Because he throws an uppercut, and I was wondering, well, was it the uppercut that hits him in the eye right there? Yeah. And you can't tell. Could have been the punch. I see his thumb there, right, right there. there. Oh, that's in the nose. nose. Yeah. There's there's one little part. Uh, let me see. There's one little part, like, And right. you can't see right there because his hand's covering so, Bader's hand. It's so hard to tell. Yeah. So, yeah. right here when it when this, when this it fades to the to the next shot, there's, yeah. like, a slight kind of graze maybe right, th uh, right there. Maybe that, that little thumb hand came up. Uh, yep. Yeah. But it's really, like, it's hard. Right, right here it could have happened, but it's really hard to see. It's in the nose there, for sure. And now he, now he grabs his eye. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I would have to agree with you, though. There's a couple of things. As fighters, we know. This, those are not the words you say when the doctor comes well, in. Well, look, it could be that you, you did get poked in the eye and that it's bad. But give yourself every opportunity if yeah. you want to be this guy that's going to be you know, in this heavyweight championship fight. Give yourself every opportunity to see if you can make it through it. Well, let's talk about the consequences. The consequences are this. You're f he's 43 years old. He ain't ever he, getting another he one. He won't ever get another shot. Nope. That's it. And that's what I'm you're talking done. about. You're done. Like you're, you I, you're not done, but you're just not getting another shot. They're not going to remake this fight in, a, nope. in within a year. You're going to be 44, maybe 45 by the time you actually do. If they were to give it to you again, and that's it. It's it. Well, this, and Bader, look, Bader already talked to Scott Coker about going back down to light heavyweight. Yes. And, and you look and you go, that's a realistic conversation if you're Scott Coker saying, Hey, well, no matter what, I don't. If you lose the the light, I need you mm -hmm. to fight as the light heavyweight champion. So we're just going to say in your next fight, I want you to be light heavyweight. If you're going to defend that title, you know. So he's already talking to him about yep. coming down. So now the heavyweight title it isn't going to change hands for a while. No. And uh, well, because like down below at two hundred five, you he's got real tough fights at that at that weight class. You got Lyoto now. Oh my with god! Those, you know, and then there's you've got look, Lovato, I, Lovato, I did Lyoto, Machida, Ryan Bader first fight. Mm -hmm. You know, now I'm not saying it's going to be the same fight, but mm -hmm. you know, Lyoto knocked Ryan unconscious yep. in that fight. It poses a big threat. I yep. think Lyoto poses a huge threat to Ryan Bader. Yep. And the other thing is that I don't understand why he would go down. I don't either. Just stay. I just look you're, and you're say, and it comes down to the whole thing of this is what, everyone gets into this big. I want to be big. I want to be bigger, stronger. Fedor lived off of being fast. If you watch Bader, Bader's fast. Yep. DC, he's, same he's, thing. He's stiff in a lot of his movement, mm -hmm. but at least now he used to lean. Mm -hmm. When he would throw his hands, he would lean instead of moving his feet. Yeah. Now his coaches have him, he's moving his feet as he's throwing, so he has balance, which creates more power, yeah. which puts him in a better position, and then he's got his wrestling on top of it. 
man, at heavyweight, I don't care if you're bigger than him. He's got absolutely the technical talent in the wrestling game to put anybody on their butt. And he's got the power in his hands to hurt him. Yeah, what I said yesterday was that when you, when these guys go from 205 to heavyweight, they develop a little bit more power. DC was that way. Yeah. Also, too, when you have a guy who's a 205 pounder going to heavyweight, they're faster than the heavyweights. And if you get any of those guys from 205 to heavyweight that have any type of wrestling, you pretty much can dominate the heavyweight division. Because majority of the heavyweights Don't wrestle in well. combat sports are not athletic. Yeah. Because if you were athletic, you'd be playing football, basketball, some other sport that makes real money. Okay, because you <laughs> it's, let's instead be honest. Of getting punched in the head. Instead of getting punched in the head. Yeah. Like legit. That's that's just we're being a hundred percent upfront about that. These guys like DC doesn't look like he's athletic, but can still at forty one year forty one years fast. old can do a standing backflip. You know, these are things that it just and Bader is that guy too. Maybe not as athletic as DC when it comes to that portion of it, but he can still wrestle, he's still explosive extremely fast and now with the maturity and the confidence that he has he's a different level of fighter oh, right he's now. completely different you know so those are the two like i those are the guys you brought up fedor and i look at fedor is dc is like the newer generation of what yep. fedor was except yeah. fedor had better submissions you know dc's a better wrestler than, than better fedor wrestler, yep. fedor's a better submission guy you know and then Bader's a mixture of the two guys just without the you know the long Kind of, the kind of the way they punch it's funny how Fedor and DC kind of punch similar with yeah, that little loopy that punches looper. and things like that yeah. Ryan Bader has more of the straight punches and you know and there's the blast double whereas DC is more of a finesse guy yeah you know what I mean I, I'm excited the I would like to see him fight Minikoff that's, that's why what I would like to see I that. would like to see that fight and everyone's gonna say like oh well you know Minikoff beat Congo and it was or Minikoff lost to Congo or beat, he him, also and beat, Congo. beat him and lost you to him. Say it both ways. Say it both ways. But I, people need to understand Minikoff was also had an infection. It was on antibiotics the week that he fought Czech Congo. Just didn't pull out of the fight. Um, it hurt it hurt his conditioning. So now if they were to fight, I think Minikoff when he fought uh, uh, Johnson, what was his name? Uh, Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson. Sorry, I want to say Tony every time. But Tim Johnson when he fought Tim Johnson, like. You show he just showed, he flung him around, threw him around. He looked very explosive. He looked back to the old Minikoff that we know. Um, that's a fight that I want to see. I would love both to good see wrestlers, that both good strikers. Yep. Uh, Minikoff is a true heavyweight. True heavyweight. You know, Bader came in. I want to say two twenty nine. Quite as fast as Bader. Yeah. But uh, how'd you like the little escapade with Rampage coming in, trying to get his moment? <laughs> is that what we're calling it oh come on man i've, I've known rampage too long yeah. I, I, don't, I can't tell you. it's so funny because it's ingrained in me as soon as he started doing it, I, I got up out of my seat and i kind of and i went what the hell am i doing yeah <laughs> and i went and sat back down and it was because i was so i'm so used to, and i can't tell you how many times i've grabbed a hold of quentin picked him up and moved him and he's john let me go he goes i gotta, I gotta make my next fight yeah. and i'm going yeah. and as soon as i'm watching I'm going, well there's quentin making his next fight trying trying to set it up but he he looks a little big right now. Oh, a little big? Yeah, he's got to be pushing 260. Oh, 270. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I, I didn't want to call him out, but. Well, I think he's it's looking, okay. He's a heavyweight. He's, he's been a heavyweight for a yeah, little bit. He's look, But he does not have the speed. Yeah. Yeah, that's, be, another, that's another guy we got to talk about. Yeah. That's Josh Barnett. He's been signed with Bellator for a while now. Where's he at? Barnett, where are you at? Where are you at, Josh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I want to. I, I think that that also is another great fight. I'd like to see Bader and him. Uh, yeah, so or, I wouldn't put Bader against Josh or right Min, or Minikoff. Not, not that okay. I would or do Minikoff that. Or Minikoff and Barnett. That'd I be a great do, fight. I would do Minikoff and Barnett. 
uh, right now. That's how Dave looks right there, the old Barnett body style. That's Dave right now. <laughs> Dave, aren't you lift your shirt up? Aren't you retired, bro? Let me see. I don't look like that, though. Yeah. I don't look like you. I, I'm retired, and I don't look like you. So funny. Dave is 30 years old, and look at the way he Do you ever? Yeah, that's a poor excuse for 30. You're wasting yeah, you your, to take this stuff, you're wasting your prime looking stuff. fat. That's horrible. Oh, if it wasn't for people like me, you wouldn't have a post-fight career. I want you to know that we were, we were sitting doing fighter interviews, and I was fat and happy in there saying, I feel good. And he's going, it's cold in here. It's like, oh, no, yeah. it's not. You're just a sissy. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Hey, when winter comes around, you're going to struggle, buddy. Yeah, I know. I know. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what blankets are for. That's what blankets are for. That's what blankets are for. It, it's your, about layers. Your yeah. shins are gonna, your shins are gonna collapse after Nate Diaz's face. Oh man, I am excited about the second half of the tournament and seeing how that whole thing branches out. Because I think, in reality, the right guys won. As far as if you're looking, you know, the experience of Sanchez winning the fight, the just the complete game yep. of Carvalho and what he brings. Looking at you know Borch being this guy still unbeaten. And then, you know, Com Compost coming up with a great win against, you know, an ex-champion. So I talked to Curran's coaches, and they said he's probably done. Yeah. What do you think? I think I, absolutely. You know, his fiance, he's got, he's got yeah. a, you know, a one-year-old son. His fiance was outside of the cage, and I didn't hear it, but somebody else did. And she was standing there saying, this is it. You're done. This is it. And when, when the person that you're going to spend your life with is saying that, they're going to have some influence on you and they're going to have uh, some say in what you do with the rest of your life. I feel like they shouldn't. I'm not saying they should, but I'm saying they will. I feel like they shouldn't. <clears throat> when it comes to this, it's always easy well, to say. And you know, but this is a very selfish game. You got to be selfish. It is. It is. But as soon as you bring that other person in, that starts to have to change. You still need to be selfish. Okay. I, I know it's I know it's hard to, but if you want to be one of the best athletes in the world and you want to fight at the highest level or compete at the highest level, whether it be tennis, football, or whatever, you need to make sure that your focus is strictly on that. And when somebody, when your relationship intervenes with comments like that, like "Hey, you're done," not like "Hey, let's talk about this later." I didn't say that. that you know what I mean? Like I, those, again, those I didn't to hear me. it, but that's what I was told by someone who was near the situation at yeah. the time, and when. You know, that person who you're supposedly going to spend the rest of your life with is saying you're done. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to push you in that direction. Yeah, it's not. It, I guess for me in that scenario, it's when I saw Peyton Manning give his speech after he lost or after, are you done? Are you done? And they kept trying to get to him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go home and relax have a conversation with my family yeah and and those are the things like dc right now yeah. what he's doing he's having a conversation with his wife he's talking with his kids oh, he's already had that conversation yeah but i'm saying like he's already you know talking with he's talking yeah. with his coaches he's, sure are we gonna do it again are we gonna run it back am yeah. i gonna do this one more time but you didn't hear anything from pat <clears throat> no you didn't pat didn't say anything you're right okay. i'm just simply just, saying you know. that those type of comments, though, in the public eye, I feel like you need to take a step back because it's always easier to, to say, like, it's done after a loss. Like, especially if it's your, wi your wife or your spouse or whatever it is. Like, we're done. We're done. Calm down. Let's let the dust settle. Did you see the tweet Let's that Dustin Poirier put out? No. Dustin Poirier put out an actual video of himself saying, you know, I, d I don't know if I'm ever going to fight again. You know, yeah, Which is ridiculous. I'll, I'll have to think about 
Absolutely it is. Which is ridiculous. Okay, you, ha- you got a <clears throat> loss. It's okay. You've had a loss before, and look at what you've done since. Yeah, not only that, but then you lost to, I, and I'm going to continue to say this because I, <laughs> I just love this, is that he is the greatest fighter in in the sport right now. He's the most, He's the dominant, most dominant fighter. Most dominant, most dominant right I should now. say. Yeah. He's the most dominant fighter in the sport right now. Yeah, I he, agree. Would you say he lost the second round against Poe? No. No, you wouldn't say Absolutely. he lost the second round? No. Okay. Look at, look, look. He had it. In watching that fight, First, you know, we, we all know what happened in the first round. Second round, Dustin touches him, and mm-hmm. he feels it. You can see it. But Khabib does exactly what, as a coach, mm-hmm. I would tell him to do. He tries to gain space. He tries to move himself just to clear his head. He got hit with a good shot. And then what did he end up doing in the round? Yeah. He ended up taking him down and pounding on him some more. He ends up landing as many good strikes as Dustin does mm-hmm. with that one setup. The thing that I looked at, the closest Dustin, and people weren't talking about it, it was the third round when Dustin jumped to that guillotine. That guillotine was tight. That guillotine had a chance. That guillotine, when you see Khabib push the knee and get past the knee and then go to his side, and then you see him come back and Dustin readjusts and gets that knee back and he pushes it down again and goes to his side again. All of that, because Dustin is squeezing with his arms and it gets to the point where he squeezes so much that yeah. power starts to go away, the pressure on the choke goes away, and you see Khabib pop his head out, and that was the end of the fight. That's yeah. where the fight <clears throat> was done. Yeah, I just feel, and I will continue to say this, he's the most dominant fighter there is right now. No it, doubt. And people are going to criticize him because, like, oh, John Jones. John Jones lost plenty of rounds, and potentially, I think, also, I thought he lost his last fight. You nah, disagree. I but I thought he lost his last fight against a guy on one leg, by the way. Um, <laughs> there's no way. Zero legs. He had surgery on both. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. I thought he only had it on one. No, okay, he's, wow. He's getting on both. Even worse. <laughs> Even worse. You couldn't get a guy out of there that had two messed up legs. Beautiful. Um, it, it's funny how people change when there's no PDs involved. It's really strange. It's really strange. Maybe the picogram levels were a little low that day. Who knows? Maybe they came in at like 50 picograms instead of like 180. Yeah. Anyways, look, they, it just, it's just one of those. I feel like he has positions like this position here. Notice how he's not on his knees. Yeah. He's making Dustin carry his weight. He's on his feet. He's always in that like squatted position, making you carry all of his body. Well, he's weight. always, you know, what we call head high. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about, we always say high head wins, and it's the one that creates the pressure mm. in that carrying of that weight. And you see Dustin, you know, and when your arms go dead from squeezing hard, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to continue to fight at that. And you see Dustin working and trying, but Khabib, Khabib almost was his worst enemy trying to jump over the fence there. But you got to give Dustin credit that guillotine choke, that was close. It was tight. Khabib had to do a lot of things well and do the right things to survive that choke because a lot of guys would have ended up tapping out on that choke. Yeah, very true. <clears throat> it was very set true. up the right way. It was set up on the right side. All the adjustments, when Khabib adjusted, Poirier adjusted, It was there was a lot going on there, and it was just a matter of, because he jumps to it. He jumps to that. Look at the leg over the top. Mm-hmm. Watch Khabib push the knee. 
He's going to come in here, pushes the knee, passes the knee. Okay, mm -hmm. that's a smart move. That just took a lot of pressure off of it because he can drive himself forward. But then there's so much pressure still because he's got strong arms. He goes to his side to get out, scramble back. You see him go put the knee back. He pushes the knee back again, goes to his side. He's trying to get his arm there, comes back on top, and now his arms are dead. Yeah. And he pops his head out. Yep. There's a lot going on right there. <clears throat> it's it saddens me when people like when Dustin you said put out a video that says, you know, I may not fight again. You need to take time. Yes. You need to take time. Well, you know, I understand because I I've I've done it a couple of times where I've just been like, look, you know, I've been thinking about retirement, but I was also thirty four years old, thirty five when I started saying that, you know. And I I said it a little bit when I was around twenty nine also because I was getting injured all the time. That was That's that was different. That was more frustrating to me because you know, with him, like there's so many more fights for him to have in that division. He oh my looks God. phenomenal. He looks great. I mean, he, and he's become so much better yeah. at what he does and how he attacks and when he attacks. And he's not so open and wild like he was at a time when he was in the yeah. 145s and taking a lot of shots. He's gl he's getting a lot of things to glance off based upon his head movement. Mm -hmm. And the length of where he's firing off, you know, he's got a, that beautiful front teep kick. That left hand is outstanding as mm. far as how straight it comes. It doesn't loop over a lot. People, this is where you find out if the person who got to the title right, if they don't win it or if they do win it and they lose it the next fight, whenever they lose it, are they still the same fighter? Yeah. Because the motivation goes away. It's either you regenerate and you come back like like uh, GSP used to do, like he would when he lost to Matt Sarah, he came back, revamped himself, became more of a wrestler. Sure, we got a lot of little snooze fest fights out of that, but he changed Fox and evolved. Smart. He evolved his game there, there, so there, he could do there's this. There's the clip right there. That's where he, he says. Yeah. So, you know, it says, you know, if I choose to fight again, yeah. you know, if I don't. I so, mean, it's okay. That's that's a little different. I get it. I mean, but let's be real. No, I mean, like, how old is he? 29, 30. 30? 30 or 31? 30. You are in your prime. In combat sports, 26 to 33. Five. I say 33, 34. Yeah. I'm only going based Especially on because that's when I felt my best was 33, 34. And when you get that, I'm like, that's your prime. Do yeah. not waste that. Yeah sitting on the sideline like that's those are your prime money making years and you're the former champion now your pay scale just went up even though even though you're not the champion anymore they still keep you at a little bit higher pay bracket because you are the former champion because yeah. i can advertise you and market you as the former champion at 30 years old and not to mention i hate to say it but i don't really like to say this about a lot of guys he's a good looking kid he's good looking he speaks well has a great story does great things in his community like this kid's so marketable. It's unbelievable, yeah. you know? And uh, I feel like they they kind of missed the boat a little bit on him because he's so soft-spoken. Yeah. You know, he is a, 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 such a he's, great he's kid. He's doing the same thing that, you know, you got uh, Justin Wren. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everyone knows, you know, Big Pygmy, mm -hmm. who has gone to Uganda and, and the fight for the forgotten and stuff. Well, then Chris Cyborg mm -hmm. went with Justin to Uganda Bought two wells, paid for the nice. two wells and stuff. Uh, Dustin Poirier is now part of that, 
and is you know buying uh, wells and has a charity for it. Khabib actually donated to his charity for it, and I think you know Dana White actually matched it. So nice. Look at he's and that's that, the least that, Dana can do. See, well, yeah, no shit. But that's what that's what that position of being champion can do. Mm-hmm. These are the things that you can now start to do for you know the people out there and and make a difference. So. It's but, good. It's good to say, see. It. What is that in the in the shorter version? <laughs> <laughs> it's um. It's so funny when I saw him jump out of the cage. I bet the whole everyone just went. <gasps> oh, like, you, you knew exactly everybody was thinking. Who's he going after? What's going on? When he went, a after, when he went after Dana, I was yeah. so excited, yeah. and then he hugged him. The, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, there's 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 no commission over there, so it's uh, like they probably would have been like, oh, it's okay, it's Mark, okay. Mark Ratner was going. Uh, yeah, I know. Heart attack. So, but it's good stuff, man. I, I um, you know that he, uh, he's wearing Dustin's shirt right there, and he says, he says in the interview here that he's, uh, he's gonna sell that shirt now and then donate all the proceeds to to Dustin's charity. So, oh, yeah. I thought that was a nice gesture. That's a good thing. No, he, he. Khabib's a good man. I want, I want people because I'm because I know him. I want people to understand that it's not, it's not that sure he has, and I've said this to him to his face. I was like. You've changed, brother. All the success, you've changed. You're not the same anymore. I mean, like before they were standing in the extended state, like a block away yeah. from the gym. Now they've got a $25,000 Airbnb. But they have, but to knock this, they, not knock it, but to, to mention, they, he doesn't just come with one person when he trains. No. He's never. He comes with He's like got a 10. Flock. Yeah, like 10 of them, right? They all live in the same house. They all make their own food. They, you know, they're not out drinking and partying. They're just no. doing their thing. Like they they work out. They don't they don't have a twenty four hour gym membership. They go to the park where they have the little track and it has all the little like pull up bars and the sit up areas. And that's what they work out on. Because that's what they're used to. Yes, that's exactly what they do. And it's impressive. Now look, he's got on very nice clothes. He takes care of it. You know, he wears like a lot of fancy stuff now. But it doesn't change his work ethic. He is he's somebody that he's he's still he's. I don't know. He, he's still pretty humble, but he's a good guy. Like I, I believe, to be honest, I believe that he is still living with his mom and dad. Yeah. So his wife, three his bedroom two kids, apartment. Yes, three bedroom apartment with his wife, kids, and yep. his, his mom and dad. Mom and dad. Yep. Yep. So um, that just lets you know, like, there's there's no there's no urgency for him to make. That's a why ton he of money. takes a lot of these trips all around to, you know, do charity work and yeah. stuff. He's got to get away. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, his his wife is home with the kids and with you know with his mom, and his dad travels with them a little bit yeah. whenever he can. But um, you know, but they're building like a new. I believe it's a thirty or fifty thousand. I believe it's fifty thousand. Fifty thousand square foot gym over there. Yeah, insane, insane. So um, I'm excited. They've already started the construction on it. Um, I'm excited to see when it gets done because they keep asking like, "Hey, you gonna come over and do some seminars?" I'm like, "Oh hell yeah!" But it's funny because uh, what was the guy's name that went out there and did like a little documentary on him? Um, Brogan had him on his show. I don't know. God, is that a documentary? <clears throat> Will, yeah, uh, yes, he did the documentary. Anyway, he went out to Dagestan. God, what's his name? I just want to tip my tongue. Um, he went out to Dagestan right before this fight and was doing a documentary on him. And they said, okay, they put him in a nice place and they, they stayed with his, and, and he stayed kind of with some families, you know, people's families and stuff there. And they said, hey, when the sun goes down, do not go outside by yourself. It was just, they were just like, hey, this just being, um, you need to understand. And that's, I think that's why these guys have spent so much time in their gym. That was, that was their, like their safety. That's it. Their well, safety. 
Will, Will Harris. Harris. Will Harris <clears throat> did a good documentary on him, and then um, talked about all these like their culture over there and how how famous he is now. Of course, oh, over there, he's extremely huge famous over there, and it's only going to get better. It's only going to get bigger and better. Uh, I mean, he's going to have to. He has to beat Tony to solidify the rest to silence all the critics he's got the fight with tony is important because yeah. if you look at that fight it's the one it, it was supposed to happen how many times now five yeah, times i want to say five okay and he's the one guy out there that a lot of people and i'm one of them that said look at if there's a guy that can give khabib some issues in the fight tony ferguson is that guy he brings a different style of game. He brings mm -hmm. that pressure game. Yep. He is in your face. If you put him on his back, which you can, but he's a good wrestler, mm -hmm. you put him on his back, he is going to attack you. Yeah. Now, Khabib's got a different style of pressure. Like I said before, in my opinion, if I'm if I'm Tony, if, if I was in charge of Tony's training, when it came to grappling, all the guys, are, and I'm going to have a bunch of them, 185, 205, I'm going to have big, strong guys with a ton of strength, ton of pressure, a lot of weight driving down on you. So you're getting up against that type of pressure because yeah. that's what he <clears throat> brings. And I think when a guy, one of the things that you know was in the comments when you saw Dustin Poirier in between the first and second round was he's he's right on me. He, he, he's, he's there a lot of pressure, and yeah, until you have felt it, you just don't realize yeah. what it's like. This one's blinking. Oh, no, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> no, I so I I'm not just saying this because I fought Tony, but I have the insight on it as far as Tony goes. His hands are extremely big, so the wrist control will be a factor. Yep. <clears throat> Khabib's not gonna be able to do the ground and pound as as much as he would against other people because Tony's wrist control is phenomenal, and his hands. I gotta tell you, when I shook his hands at the weigh-ins, I was like, "Good God!" Yep. Like it just engulfed mine. And, and his then, limbs are long. Yep. So in when we got into the fight, he's not physically strong. That's not it. He's got, he, but he does have leverage strength. Yes, because every time I went to roll my wrist or pull my hand away, he sat up on Kimuras or he tried to like hit submissions from there, and there was nothing. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't get my hand back. His hand went around my forearm and slid down to the glove, and I was stuck. There was nothing I could do. And um, <clears throat> overall, I thought. I thought to myself, I'm like, that's going to pose a problem if he did, ever did fight Khabib. There's that, and Khabib fights with a shaved head. couple cuts on the head, and all of a sudden, this is a different fight. With all the blood that runs oh, into yeah. your face with nothing to stop it, that poses a problem. And Tony's the guy. If Dustin Poirier got that close to a guillotine on Khabib, Tony is that guy with the length and the, and, His and Darce the attack, flexibility you, man. is nasty. So guillotines and Darces. All those things will play a factor into this. These the way that could be. And there is his not a position, be it on his back, on top, on side. There's not a position that Tony cannot hit that Darce. Yeah, he is. He hits that thing from all angles, all positions. When you think he can't, he can. Yeah, and it's not just that. It's just every time Khabib is hanging out on the legs. Tony's going to be grabbing the head or pushing the head and elbowing it oh, just yeah. to open up cuts. Oh, yeah. And, it, and I've got two Mercedes-Benz right here from him, <laughs> right? So if the scars are there, and I have a big gash here, too, that it's from him. So all I'm just telling you, it seemed like every time he touched me, I got cut. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of, like, uh, the old school Kenny Florian. Kenny Florian. When Kenny would just yeah, throw the elbow, the elbow, yeah, and he would just touch you and just cut you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that. I remember the fight. I believe it was in the finals against Alex Karalexis, right? He threw the elbow, cut him across the nose. Was it Karalexis? Oh, no. That, that was a. Uh... He did cut Karalexis, but he cut Chris Lieben okay. to get into the finals to face Diego Sanchez yes. as Ultimate Fighter One. But in the but in the finals, it was Karalexis, and then, wasn't it? No. Who Kar- did he fight? Where he in the finals oh, he knocked? No, you're thinking about Sean Shirk in oh. a championship fight. He cut Sean Shirk, and then Sean Shirk bled on him for five rounds. Yeah, yeah. Because he was underneath him. So, and yeah. he told me he says he goes he says that was the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but uh, but I, I feel like those are the threats that Tony brings because when you get into that fight, if he locks in, puts you in the guard, like it's gonna be hard for him to, for Khabib to get out of that guard. Yeah. Not only just to get out of that guard, but to to get out of there without sustaining a whole lot of damage. Yeah. So taking a substantial amount. You have of cuts got and to think about and... where you what you do in posture when it comes to Tony. Yeah. Because if you put your head down in any fashion, he's gonna attack it. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, he's a, you know, they're both. And this is what makes the fight so interesting that it's, you know, not happened is crazy, but there's the reasons yeah. behind it. They've tried. It's, they <clears throat> both bring certain elements that nobody else brings. How much, though, for me, I fought him before he had tore his knee. Yeah. And if you look at that scar, it looks like an old veteran. Like It looks an, like an old uh, Dick Buckus scar from the 70s on his knee. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's insane to me to think, like in this day and age, with with technology, science and technology, that you end up with something that looks like a really big vagina on the side <laughs> of your leg. It's so long and so big that I'm just thinking to myself, like that's disgusting. Like, how did at, you going after Rogan's old GV? Yeah, it's yeah. like how are you how are you getting that? And so, anyways, um, <clears throat> is he, I haven't felt like he's been the same fighter though since that surgery don't get me wrong he's had great fights yeah good fights but that the tony ferguson i felt like i fought wouldn't have had such a close fight with anthony pettis it would have been good but it was it was one of those fights it was closer than it should have been yeah that was a tough fight i thought he dominated but i still there was some he took a lot of damage in that fight he's been taking more damage even in the fights <laughs> if you go back and you know after you fought him edson barbosa fought him yeah and i did that fight and look at as Barbosa hit him with some shots, yes, there was some damage, and Tony was walking through what Edson was hitting him with at times. It was like incredible, you know. When he went, then the next fight he had, I did again. Uh, Venata, Lando, yes, Land- that was and, a great. Oh my fight. god, you know, I was and, like, who is this guy? There's yeah, no way this guy has a chance. Lando Good put god. him on his butt at Sioux times. Falls. I that mean, was in Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls, exactly. I was there. Incredible, but again, taking damage. And so you, you've got to be careful about how much damage you take yeah. because you can only crash that freaking car so many times. Especially especially at his age. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying. No, that, no, no, no. This He's is that age there. where I He's started realizing that, like, hey, the shots you're taking, there's a little bit more sting to them. Yeah. And it's not that they hurt. It's just you realize there's a jolt that you never felt when you were 30 and 31 and 32. Buzz. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. all of a sudden you, you hit me and you're in front of me. By the time I get done buzzing, you're over there. Oh shit! And then by then I've got hit again, probably. Yeah. So those little things start happening around that thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, yeah. you know, range. That's that's the fight. <clears throat> yeah, and they, they already said you know that is definitely going to be. It has to be. There's yeah. like honestly, if they but didn't there's make some this, curse over yeah. that fight. Yeah, I know. You know, five times. If they didn't make this fight, all though, the way to the freaking week of the fight. 
That that was crazy. Oh, I mean, how God. how insane is? I was there in Vegas waiting. I'm like, okay, we're like two days away. All right, I'm ready. And all of a sudden, they call. It fights off. I'm all, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no well, and way. And it's happened to both of them. You know, Tony. No way. You know, a weight cut with Khabib. A yep. freaking The knee. Know, the with... knee stepping on a on a production cable. <clears throat> that's you know, insane. No. What are the chances of that? Seriously, what are the chances? But I mean, that's the fight's gonna have to happen. But then let's. But then. If that when that fight happens, let's just say Khabib wins, where does he go? What does he do? GSP. That's the only thing I can. Yeah. I, you don't think it's gonna happen? No. Sixty-five or fifty-five? If it did, if it happened at sixty-five, I think George might think about it, but it's not gonna happen at sixty-five. No. Uh, UFC is Come big on. into the weight Come class on. is there. All they got to do is say, uh, explain no, no, explain the weight classes. We talked about this. No one realizes the weight class is there. Oh yeah, explain well, it. Let, let's. I want to say it was two years ago. All these weight classes were added to the unified rules of MMA. Mm -hmm. So we have, you know, 25, you know, we actually have lower than that. They did that long ago, which is stupid, but you know, 25 is what we use for men at, at flyweight, 35 for bantamweight, 45 for featherweight, 55 mm -hmm. for lightweight. Well then instead of it going up to welterweight at 170, <clears throat> the UFC, let's just be flat out honest, the UFC complained about this and were concerned about it because they didn't want to change their champion. They didn't want Tyrone Woodley, who was the champion at the time that this was changed? We we don't want to have to move him. We you know he's our welterweight champion, so there was an agreement made with the UFC that okay we'll put in a 65, which is going to be called basically super lightweight, and then we'll leave the 170 <clears throat> there for you right now. They left the 170 at welterweight, and then they put in a 175 at super welterweight, right? So. Our weight classes should have been just 10 pound increments 125, yes. 35, 45, 55, 65, <clears throat> 75, 85, 95, Ooh, 205. Well, and this is the problem is you can understand when promotions start to go, as we go up in weight, our talent level starts to come down. Yeah. Okay? And not only that, but there's less of them. That's why it's come down. Yeah. You know, there's less of them, like you're saying, and there's some less skill levels, like you yeah. want to try to point out. Yeah. Okay. But there's just more guys. Well, at it's that, true. They're not as talented. <laughs> at 55. They're not as talented as us. You know, 40, 45 to 70 <clears throat> or 75. That's a huge pool mm -hmm. for them to draw within. And so that it can, they can absorb it. But there is that 10 pound weight. Mm -hmm. So right now, there's a 175 pound class, there's a 165 pound class. It is sitting there. When Nate Diaz says, you know, hey, I want you to make 165, or when Ben Askren does, that weight class is there. It's not yeah. like they're trying to make up something. It is sitting there. All you have to do is say, we're going to use it. Now, you don't have to. If you're the promotion, if you're the UFC, if you're Bellator, you don't have to have a champion in every weight class. Bellator doesn't have a flyweight champion. Mm -hmm. We do flyweight fights, but we don't have a flyweight champion. They've decided right now, we don't want to, we don't want to go after the flyweights. The UFC was thinking about getting rid of the flyweights. But a promotion doesn't have to have a champion in every weight class. Yeah. But if you have all these people fighting, <clears throat> they should be fighting at a weight that is better for them, more healthy for them. And some of these guys are what we call those tweeners. You know what? 170 is killing them to get to, but they can get to 175 and be fairly healthy. Yeah. That's a good thing for them to do. So why not do that for them? Yeah, I agree. I think also because it is such a talent-rich pool there at that weight class, adding the 65, adding and then taking your champion to 175 or having them cut to 65, 
You know, and he could be the champion there. I mean, I think you'd have to make him fight for the 65-pound title, but at 75, you could just balance him up there. Yeah. I think because you got to see if he can even make that weight. That's the other thing. Can you make that championship weight every time at 65 if you're going from 70 to 65? Well, I, and that's part, <clears throat> part of the equation of people. Well, you know, you're putting more weight classes. Now the guy that's a 170 is now going to try to go down to 165, and so he'll be more unhealthy. That makes for some great fights, though. And I'm not, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, got Ben Askren. Ben Askren says he can make 65 no problem. Yeah. You know, uh, Tyron Woodley, Well, look at where he not. used to wrestle. Yeah. You know, he can. Yeah. So Let's ben, be honest. But then Tyron Woodley's like, no, I'd go to, se- I'd go to well, 75. He should go to 75. Yeah. And that's and that, be a lot better for him. Yep, exactly. So those guys, there's there's a mix in there. Plus, yeah. you could potentially see Connor come back at 55. You can see Khabib go up to 65 and potentially fight someone like GSP. There's a lot of good fights at that weight class. It, when you get to the 95 is when it gets hairy. Well. Because there's just no talent. Again. You There's hardly not, any talent now. You do not have to <laughs> use that weight class. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's just if the weight class is there and you have a plethora of talent, why not use it? No, I agree. I don't understand. I don't understand their logic behind that. I mean, I did I did hear for a while that there was talk of them starting that 65. Yeah. But that, that Dana tried to squash that and peter that out. Yeah. And uh, well, it, and they get to this point: is there we don't want that many champions? It's like you're adding one. Exactly, you're adding one, yeah. and it only helps you that you can have a championship fight in your pay per views. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah, because uh, so you can have less interim titles. By the way, okay, there's 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 that, and the other thing as well is when you have someone like Khabib, who's just a fucking star. Okay, like when you have someone like that, you can promote and build. And why not have him be a two division champion? Potentially yeah. having a three division. You know, the champion. thing the thing with Khabib is that people are not getting because they don't understand. You know, you, sometimes you get tied into your world, mm-hmm. and in in the U.S., Khabib is this much <clears throat> yeah. of a star. You go outside of the U.S. and you start going to some of these other countries, and you go to Russia. Mm-hmm. Look at Russia's a lot bigger than us as far as mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Size of country and population. He is a megastar. Mm-hmm. He is freaking he he's Ronaldo. It's there. crazy. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Here's the thing. Like, even in the States, he's a he's a star here yeah. too, but it's like not on the scale as what you're talking yeah. about. But if you take him to New York or you take him to Chicago, where there's a huge, huge Russian population, population. Yep. That's why Fedor fights in Chicago. Absolutely, he fights in L.A. Yeah. and he fights in New York. New York, because the population, the Russian population there is, and they back huge. The, they and they come people, out, man. and they That's come it. out every single time. Yeah. So um, let's talk. I, I want to go before we have to end this because I know we're gonna end this yeah. soon. But the bad motherfucker title. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I thought it was the big money. When, fight. when did <laughs> when, was... when did Vince McMahon switch over to that promotion? called the ufc I, his, it was wwe i thought they're gonna make a belt now look at i love the fight yeah i love yeah, i love nate i love george masvidal they're both just gangsters east coast west coast you whatever you want to talk that's all beautiful <clears throat> you're gonna make a belt the bmf how come donald cerrone never fought for that sucker <laughs> Maybe he's not hood enough. Not he's got the, he's got bad motherfucker ranch. Yeah, but it's just maybe he's not hood enough. You know, he's not he's not from Stockton. He's not from I don't know where. Well, you guys yeah. know that they were trying to make Colby and Usman for this card, um, and then that fell through. It fell through. And so, like, why, they, why, why does anyone know? Do you know anything on why that's falling through? Uh, Negotiations, apparently. Just is like, that is that the Colby thing? That's or, from yeah. 
He wants a lot of money. He wants, he wants a lot of money to for that fight, you know, and it's like, hey, I got to tell you, and, and this is where, you know, it comes down. This is no different to me than Khabib and, and Dustin. Look at Dustin won that fight against Max Holloway. Incredible performance. That's an interim title. And like yeah. and like you just said, you know, that that's a paper champion. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, you won that fight, but you're not the champion. Yeah. Khabib was the champion. And mm-hmm. I think and, and Khabib even came out saying, Hey, he ain't the champion. Yeah. And Colby, you never won that title. Yeah. That title was Tyrone Woodley's. Okay. And they did an interim and yes, you won it. You beat RDA, but you ain't the champion, dude. Yeah. And I'm all for you getting as much money as you can get, but you have a chance of being the guy. You have mm-hmm. a chance of getting that title, and I'll take less in this fight to get that so I can get more in my next. <clears throat> it's just the way I look at it. Yeah, I feel like once you win that that title. like Now you're the, entitled. Yeah, the money is, but the money is so such a difference. It's a life changer. Sure that, it is. It, you know, when you're the champion, the money changes lives. Yeah. And so, like, it's funny because I've had this conversation because we've got the guys that are fighting in this featherweight tournament for Bellator. A couple of the guys are from the same camp. Yeah. And so that being said, I was like, hey, like, what are you going to do? Are you guys going to fight each other? And they're like, look, when there's this much money on the line, yeah. And I, and I said that a long time ago because Gil and I were training together for a while. And uh, and then I also trained with Gray Maynard at the same time he was making his run for his title shot. Yeah. And I was right there because I had just beat Nate. And then Khabib was coming up. People were talking about it. He came, obviously, it took him a long time to get to that title. Um, but he was there was talking buzz. And they were talking to me because I was cornering him for some of his fights. And Ariel and those guys were asking, like, hey, well, there's three of you guys at lightweight. All three of you guys are at the top. What are you going to do? I said, well, let's worry about that when the time comes. That was what I kept saying because okay. – Let's worry about that when the time comes because what the way it all worked out, Gray ended up get losing to Nate. I ended up losing to Benson, and Khabib is still undefeated. So it didn't matter. So why even start stirring the pot when you don't need to? That's one. And then two is if I'm going to fight someone, especially a teammate, it's for the title because that money changes that that changes lives. Yep. Okay. I'm I'm not trying to step on anyone to get there, especially someone that I'm really close with. Okay, and I train with him. But for that title shot, I want, <clears throat> if you have a chance to change that person's life and their family's lives, I'm sorry, I can't stop them from doing that. If there I'm the champion, go. I'm not trying to step on this, them. This, I'm not trying to hold them back. It all back. comes down no to this. Way. If it's an, I always looked at it. If it's an everyday, you know, hey, we want to match you guys up. And, you know, that's, yeah. that's your choice. Mm-hmm. I always look at it and say, just not worth it to me. Yeah. Okay. Title shots are different than matchups. Mm-hmm. Title shots are earned. Title shots are you've done something that's put you in that position. Yep. You have created this situation where you are now in that level that I can help my friend make life-altering money. Mm-hmm. My friend can help me make life-altering money. Yes, I'm going to try to hurt him mm-hmm. for that 25 minutes of time. And then afterwards, we're going to go have a beer. Yep. Okay? Because... We just made a lot of money. Exactly. Okay, and that's what it is. And it's just competition. People get this whole thing about fighting that there's anger. There's no anger there. Usually there when there is, you're not fighting very well. That's exactly (laughs) the truth, man. But, you know, fighting is competition. It's no different than if you're a great tennis player. You want to play, you know, if you're a female tennis player, you want to play against Serena Williams. Why? I want to prove I can beat her. Yep. Okay, that's what fighting is. There's no anger to it. 
And if I can help my friend become set for life, let's yeah. do it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree 100%. I mean, as far as this fight goes, I can't wait. I oh, cannot wait. That's and a good one. It's, I think, that's a stylistic matchup that's really interesting. I want to know. I want to know how the trash talk is going to go, though, because I don't think it's going to be like normal trash talk. It needs to be respectful trash talk. They they have made this fight the most talked about fight. I think outside of Tony and Khabib, the most talked about fight in the whole sport, because these guys, they, they, there's no title on the line. But they're like, I want to fight the baddest motherfucker. Yeah, and I think he is the baddest motherfucker, and let's do it. I can't. You can't, I'm glad these guys are taking control of their own destiny. Yep. Chael talks about this all the time. You need to call someone out. Oh, when you, come on, Daniel Carey called out Chael Sonnen. I love it, man. Come <laughs> catch these hands, dog. Come yeah, catch these love hands. That. I love it. That was that was. As soon great. as he did it, I go, oh, I get it. That's funny, right? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people are like, why? Are they? He's not even the same weight class. Like yeah. you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I'm excited for the fight. Do they have a date for it yet? November. 2nd. Yes, November second in New York. In Madison New York, Square that's a good, Madison Square Garden. That's, that's the main fight. event. That's a good fight. That uh, is a really good fight. Look at, I say look at all the time. Uh, but you think look so? at, I would spend money every time to watch Nate of Diaz course. fight because he fights. Yeah, he always comes after it. He may lose, mm-hmm. but you know he's going to give it everything yeah. he has, and he will not back down. Masvidal. He has he has attained that level, and especially he's thirty four years of age mm-hmm. now. Man, you know I, I can remember talking to George about hey, you need to go up and wait, you need to go up and wait because he was losing so much weight to get to yeah. the lightweight at one fifty five, and his performances would tail off quickly mm-hmm. because he was just draining himself. We were supposed what to fight done, a couple times. What he's done at welterweight, it's been incredible. Yeah, you know, and I when I talked to him, it was about hey man, do you overpower guys? Is that what you do? I go, you are a technical fighter. Yeah. You're a guy that I hit and don't get hit. Yep. I, you don't need that extra size. Yeah, it's guy, not going to do you any good. The guys at ATT used to tell me that um, What's uh, Hector Lombard and mm-hmm. him would spar, and he would piss off Hector because Hector tries to, to kill take people's head. Yeah, he tries to kill people at the gym when they're training. And he was he's just so technical he would make hector move and he would touch him pop 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 and then move and get out and hector would always try to like kill him and he couldn't do it yeah. and so and even though they had good goes back and forth but they loved training with each other because george liked the the guy that would try to get out like the guy that went after him went to try to take his head off and and he and he's just the guy that just was you're not going to get me i'm not going to let you get me and yeah. and i love it i love seeing the progression of him because it, for me i don't know if this is true or not <clears throat> he's the first guy I ever saw use the calf kick in the sport. You know, and it was effective. Yeah, yeah. He did it back in Strike Force when he first came onto the scene. Yeah. He was kicking people in the low calf. He dropped Gil Rolandes, I want to say, two yep. times, I think, within that fight. Uh, and then changed the way Gil fought. Had he not broke his hands, I think it would have been a different fight. He broke his hand, I think, in the first or second round of that fight. I was a judge of that fight. Yeah, and it just it, it changed how he fought. Maybe the weight cut did get to him and he tailed off, tailed but off. the 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 broken hand I think had a lot to do with it because he wasn't really throwing it as much. Yeah. Anyways, good stuff, <clears throat> good shows. The we have you have L.A. I don't have L.A. I have Dublin the night you're before. In du- you're gonna have a hell of a night. That I know that card's stacked. <clears throat> I'm telling you, you are gonna have so much fun. The the three arena in Dublin is unbelievable. The fans. Mm-hmm. 
in Dublin are unbelievable. They are going to be there to back their guys. They're going to be singing. They're going to be dancing. They're going to be doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You're going to have a different announcer. You won't have Michael Williams. You'll probably have Bidet. Bidet Johnson. That's okay. what I call him. Great guy. Good announcer. Learned from Michael Williams. Mm-hmm. And you won't be able to hear him announcing the fighters. Why? Because the crowd is that loud. Oh, wow. It is so cool. Good deal. You're going to have a <clears throat> blast there. I think it's going to be fun. I'm just upset because, like I said, we talked about Campos and he was talking to me about, you know, who should I take next, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I wanted to be there. What was going I know to you do. Because these guys have to make that I wanna decision. I want to be in Dublin. I want to be in both, too. <laughs> these guys got to make that decision in L.A. Yeah. <clears throat> right there on the spot. Because yeah. they're all going to be there. So the ones that won last night got to be in L.A. Yep. Because they have to make the decision based off, okay, so-and-so won. Okay, who do we want to fight? So they need to, they're sitting at home right now with their camps going, Hey, if this guy wins, we take him. If this guy wins, we take. If this guy wins, we're not taking that guy. And you're, if you're not doing that, if you're not thinking about that, you're crazy. Yeah. But again, stupid. Yeah. You might not even get that opportunity based upon you could do all of this calculation. Yeah. And depending upon where your position pops up, you might not even get that call. You might. The only thing you get a call on is when I get to fight. Yeah. So that's that's what makes this so intriguing. Yeah. I want to explain how they're going to do it, but I think uh, <clears throat> the details and stuff more will come out. They're yeah. doing it the old K1 ways, and I don't want to spoil it and stuff. So, But it's going to be amazing on how these guys get to select yep. their opponents <clears throat> as well as the location of where they're going to fight. And I think that it's going to make it really fun. You're going to see <clears throat> who wants to be champion, and you want to see and who wants to take the easy road to try to get to that finals and hey, try to have potential. And I'm not, Again, and I'm not knocking Everything is about being a tactician. Yep. I don't have to have my my dessert first. Mm. I don't have to. And this is God, what I'm talking it's so about. so much better when it's there. Though. <laughs> it's so technical. <laughs> There's so much tactical that needs to go into this if you're smart because what are you – do you want to have this early thing and not get <clears throat> the grand prize or do I want the whole thing? It comes down to the old bull, young bull thing. Yeah. You know what? Take your time. Think about what you're doing. This is about being smart. Yeah, just walk down the hill and fuck them all. There you uh, go. <laughs> that's exactly. We wouldn't expect you to understand. It's an American thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, I guess that's it, right? Sounds good. Yep, you got to catch a flight? I do. I got to get out of here. Yeah, I got to go down. Yeah. My my dad's having surgery, so I got to go uh, see him. He's good. In, in Arizona, you said? No, he's in, he's in uh, Southern California. Southern California, okay. So. Short flight. Hopefully it's not anything Southwest, too baby. serious. Gotta love him. Nah, he'll be fine. Okay. It's gonna good be good. Uh, love the story, by the way. <laughs> okay. I right, wish him wish Don't him best. tell anyone. Wish no, 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 of course not. Uh, I wish him the best and uh, safe much. travels and we'll we'll touch base. We probably won't do a show then tomorrow because you have surgery and yeah. or his your dad has surgery yeah. and then we'll go from there. We'll figure it out. Yep. We'll touch base. Sounds hey guys, good. uh also <clears throat> we wanted to touch real quick on the contest. Yep. Just real quick, Dave, why don't you run us through it? Because you're the one with the computer in front of you. WIP. <clears throat> and uh, use English, please. I was going to say, I'll do it in my thickest Scottish accent for you. Yes. <laughs> A thicker Scottish accent. <laughs> um, so the contest is sending your best caricature uh, animation or graphic to contestwip at gmail.com uh, for the chance to win some awesome MMA swag and memo- memorabilia. That was good. Can you try speaking English now? <laughs> no uh yeah so if you guys want we're trying to look for something we could put potentially on shirts as well as like as a logo uh for our start our show off to start our shows off so that cool. is something we're looking artwork. for if you guys can do that for us send in your uh, designs we will pick a winner and you guys will get 
old throwback stuff from possibly like UFC 1. Possibly. Stuff, yeah, possibly. Whatever we have in our vault is what we'd like to call it. I've got some old stuff from Strikeforce days, UFC days back in 42, 44, 46, 49, all that. I also have some pride you might stuff, might even end up with a UFC mat. <clears throat> there you go. Yeah, I mean, like, I have I have uh, some old Pride stuff. I've got some old Dream stuff. I've got all this stuff. So, yeah, so do I. And it's just in my garage taking up, taking space. up space. So I'm willing to go ahead and part with some of this <laughs> stuff. So, um, all right. Maybe we should trade. <laughs> all right. So, hey, if you uh, haven't hit the subscribe button on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those things, please hit that subscribe button. Also on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. That will share our videos to everything. So that will get the word out. That'll come up on all the honorable mentions. Every time you, you scroll through MMA stuff, it'll show our videos there. We're talking about MMA. Big John and I uh, putting this thing together, man. This is our ninth show, right? Ninth? Tenth. This 11th, is tenth? Eleventh. Eleventh. We don't even know what I we're doing. I can't count. Yeah, we're still trying to figure it out, okay? We're working this Some, out. Someday I'll learn to count. You can follow me at, at the Real Punk on Twitter and Instagram and also on Facebook. And then what's yours? Follow me at uh, John McCarthy MMA, either Instagram, Twitter. Just hit me up. If you got a question, I'll answer it usually. Yes, usually. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, thanks. Hope you guys enjoy the show and uh, hit the subscribe button. Later.